Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Support Wrestle Talk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Chelsea Piquinell, and today I'm joined by Tempest the Wrestler. I'm Tempest. He's still Tempest. He's. I'll here. let I'll let you know when that changes. Okay, cool. Yeah, just uh, just keep me in the loop. That would be amazing. Thanks. Yep. How you doing today, man? I'm not doing too bad. I don't think the rooster is still here. <gasps> it's been a couple of days and I haven't heard it. So I'm hoping that this saga has ended. That being said, um, my new nemesis is my next door neighbor's uh, car alarm, which decided <laughs> to continuously go off until about 3 a.m. last night. So there is just no rest for Tempest yeah. the Wrestler. So the adventures of Wrestlecock may have come to an end. However, we've now got to contend with Wrestlecar. That's yeah. the the new the new big deal. Okay. I'm cool. not I'm not as offended by Wrestlecar as I was by the Wrestlecock for obvious mm-hmm. reasons, you mm-hmm. know. But at the same time, like just go and plug your goddamn battery. Like Yeah. Yeah. You know. Oh, lord. Yeah. But yeah. Some people. Um Anyway, uh, we've got a lot of stuff to get to in the outro portion of this podcast, but for now we might as well get into talking about SmackDown, uh, because we're going to be talking about, first and foremost, this amazing main event between Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan for the Universal Championship, and if Bryan lost, he'd be banished from SmackDown. Spoilers, he lost. It was great. Let's talk about it. But the first thing we're going to be talking about is the, the main point of the show, which was what everything was building to was uh, uh, Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan for the Universal Championship. If Daniel Bryan loses, then he's going to be banished from SmackDown. That was the whole point of the show. And it was the main thing that they were building to the entire time. It was they had loads of people talking about it throughout the show, like like video, um, like phone promos from Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston, Seth Rollins, Cesaro, Shinsuke, uh, Booker T, like uh, The Miz, like loads of people just saying, like, here's who I think is going to win. They had a load of recap packages through the through the show. 
They had an awesome promo from Paul Heyman. I oh, yeah. loved this promo from Paul Heyman so much because it was just before the match was going to start. Kata Braxton was backstage. He comes out from the locker room, from Roman Reigns' locker room. And uh, and he does booking 101, put over your opponent, because then if you beat them, you've beaten someone really good. And that's exactly what he did. And he did a wonderful promo where he basically, I don't know where he took a breath, because he just talked for like three minutes straight of him just being like, did Daniel Bryan come back from a career-threatening injury against all odds and come back and, and main event WrestleMania? Yes. Has he won a world title in the main event of WrestleMania? Yes. Has he been the ultimate underdog? Yes. And just like listed off ev- every like accomplishment that Bryan's ever done in his career and just built and built and built and built and built and then said, and is he going to do it? No. He's not going to withstand the onslaught from the tribal chief and just brought it all right back down to be like, yeah, yeah but Roman's going to win though, isn't he? Oh, it was wonderful. Absolutely wonderful stuff from Heyman. Uh, loved that. Um, but then it, it all built to the big fight feel main event where you had Daniel Bryan come out. Yes, yes, yes. Then you had Roman Reigns come out with new music, Tempest. This is not a drill, Pete. <laughs> not a drill. Roman Reigns has got new music. Holy crap. It's like seven years too late. But you know what? That's fine. Because... I'll say in my edited review of this, I said, you know what? I don't immediately hate it. It's got some weird choices of instruments in there, but I think it will grow on me. I think I'll like it. Here I am about five hours after recording that. I love it. It's really good. It's grown (laughs) on me so much already. I really, really like it. Uh, Yeah, it's really good. Really good. Makes him feel like epic. And, and loads of people have done the same description of being like, it feels like a final boss battle theme. And it it does. It really does. It's great. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I was kind of the same way where like I heard it the first time and I was like, hmm, interesting. Perhaps it'll grow on me a little bit. It has since mm-hmm. grown on me, which yeah. is uh, a good good sign. Like I've just been like walking around this morning before the podcast, just going to just the, doing the, the bit from the, the whole song, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. I like it. I do feel like it's missing like something like mm-hmm. one little thing to make it like an all time great theme. But again, that might just be because I've heard it like twice and mm-hmm. I still need it to grow on me more. So I will reserve my judgment on the song for a little while yeah. longer, but Hey, We've been asking for a new song for Roman Reigns for a long time. I don't know yeah. why they didn't debut this at WrestleMania, unless this is literally something that they've put together in the last two weeks. But oh, we've we've hit we've hit the new Roman Reigns officially. Like he's lost the gear, he's lost the song. This is no longer the Shield Roman Reigns, and I'm really excited about that. Uh, I've seen a few people in the comments saying they think they know what the extra thing is that Roman's theme needs. And uh, I think it's actually... Uh... Guess what? I got a fever. And the only prescription is for cowbell. Which I, I agree with, yeah. I, I, think, know. I think that'd be great. <laughs> I didn't know that was in there. <laughs> Nor did I. I went to look for it. I was like, is this still in the back end of it? Yeah, it is. Uh, might as well play it. Really um, caught me off guard. Oh, it's great. Love it. Uh, 
so yeah uh i i love athena genuinely i love it so much like the the intro of it feels so epic it just feels like roman is such like a, a, a it feels like the next section of roman's character this is the next arc of the roman tribal chief that that we know um him just making his entrance with that amazing 8k camera and him just mm. looking like a badass the new music and him just coming out and just staring down the camera i was just like god he he feels like on another level compared to everybody else in wwe he just feels like an absolute mega star from this entrance what Loved a star it. what a star the yeah. song also i realized what it kind of reminds me of it reminds me of evil's new music in new japan not mm-hmm. exactly the same but there's a lot of like the same like piano melodies and that sort of thing and i like that song too not a big fan of mm-hmm. what evil's done with it you yeah. know since then mm-hmm. but i really like the song i think the song makes evil feel like more of a big star and hopefully this is just gonna make roman that much more of a star and i mean it's working already yeah absolutely uh and then we got to the match itself which very much had big fight feel uh they hyped it obviously loads last week they hyped it loads throughout the show all building up to to this this match and i really feel like they delivered on the hype like Mm -hmm. this was a this was a pay-per-view match that they just put on SmackDown because they could. Went through several ad breaks, gave it like 30 minutes, including the ad breaks and all that stuff. And man, my, my first note about after the new music, because I, I just stopped taking notes for a while because I was just into the match. And then I wrote, holy S word, this match is amazing, is literally my first note after it. Mm-hmm. So, so much fun action, a, a brilliant story as well through the whole thing, which paid off perfectly with the um, with the actual finish of the match. But like there was a near fall off the running knee, like Reigns just got his foot on the bottom rope off the running knee, which was a brilliant spot. Brian just kicked out of the spear. I was like, what? that never yeah. happens unless your name is Brock Lesnar. That's amazing. Um, yeah, really, really cool stuff. And then the thing that really solidified this match to me, because it had amazing action. There was like, you know, a middle rope powerbomb. There was a really big Simone drop. There's all these like really like big high spots through the whole thing. But the thing that really made this match amazing for me was one, not one distraction through the whole thing. No Paul Heyman, no Jey Uso, no Cesaro, no Seth Rollins, no nothing. It was just Reigns and Brian had a match and it was great. And the, the story of the finish was perfect because the entire match, Brian had been working on Reigns' right arm. That was the whole thing that he was working on, uh, which is great for like the Superman punch and for the guillotine that he does. And it was uh, Reigns was constantly selling that shoulder and that arm the whole time. Brian constantly did the yes lock on the right arm just to like further that in and all that stuff. And Reigns was going for the guillotine on Brian. Brian blocked the right arm and started to work on the right arm again. And Reigns caught Brian off guard and switched it to the guillotine to the left side. And Brian passed out because Brian wasn't expecting him to switch over to the left-hand side. And he got the guillotine locked in on the left side instead. And he, and Brian passed out. I thought that was absolutely spot on because it made, it made Roman look amazing without taking anything away from Brian. And it was, it was, it was perfect. It was awesome. Loved it. Loved it so yeah. much. I think this is the best WWE TV match since Daniel Bryan's match with AJ Styles last year. Yeah, and that, great show. That, to me, was like one of the best WWE matches of the whole year last year. Mm-hmm. So, again, very high praise. It's just, it, it, 
The on, the on, the one only negative that I have, and it has nothing to do with what they did, is I so badly wish that there was a crowd for this. Mm, like this yeah. would have been this would have been like an all time like legendary SmackDown like WWE main event if there were fans in the building. But again, mm-hmm. like I'm not going to blame anybody for that. That's just me saying like oh sad. But the match itself, like it was so easy to do because everything just made sense and it was just a storyline that just made sense mm-hmm. you know like sometimes it feels like things need to be overcomplicated in wrestling because there's so many moving parts and you got to get this guy over and this guy over and this guy over sometimes you literally just need to do a match and mm-hmm. have one guy be better than the other guy and tell that story and it's brilliant like stuff like this just makes me love wrestling you know because there's nothing here that makes me frustrated there's nothing here that makes me disappointed or anything like that i just love it you know like i just see this and i was like this is what wrestling could be all the time and it should be all the time like obviously it's not going to be this level of epic all the time but like the core mechanics of just Two guys that are really great, like one awesome heel, one awesome baby face, and having a storyline in the match of just one guy trying to work over another guy's arm, but he does, he gets caught off guard and beaten. Like that's so easy and simple, but it's still fantastic. Mm-hmm. I wish, yeah. I wish that we could like capture this lightning in a bottle and apply it to like everything else on the show at all times. Cause just, oh man, it was just so, so good. Yeah exactly yeah um yeah what i was i was so into the match i was so into it and and like the extra stakes of brian being banished from smackdown and like the intrigue surrounding that really added to it i really felt like they they played up on that a lot like brian kicking out of the spear like even i i can't exactly remember what the commentary said for for that particular spot but in my head i was thinking like oh yeah it's like it's brian's heart because he doesn't want to you know he wants the universal title sure but he doesn't want to be banished from smackdown that's why he's like pulling out all these this, this big stuff and like some really like unique reversals to get into and like roll-ups to get into the yes lock and stuff like that it was like oh it was it was so good like roman crawling for the ropes and brian then pulling that arm back and like rolling him through that into another yes lock i was like oh my god this is amazing I'm just I'm just saying things at this point because I've really enjoyed this match. Um, yeah. But then it didn't end there because after the match, Reigns got two chairs. Despite winning completely clean, he's still a heel, remember? He he doesn't have to cheat to win, but he's just going to beat you up afterwards because he's a dick, because he's Roman mm-hmm. Reigns, right? Grabs two chairs, goes into the ring, puts one underneath Brian, and looks like he's going to set up for a concerto onto Brian. Cesaro runs out to make the save because he's a good baby face. Good, like that. Cesaro runs out to make the save, and I was like, okay, so they're setting up a Cesaro Reigns thing here. Cesaro's gonna like get an uppercut onto Reigns. Reigns will run away. That'll be the end of the show. Cool. That's not what happened. Cesaro came out, hit an uppercut on Reigns, and then Jey Uso came out, hit a super kick on Cesaro, wrapped him up into the ropes, and forced him to watch while Roman Reigns hit the concerto on Brian anyway. I was like, what a lovely subversion of expectations. That was brilliant. Loved that. So Reigns stood tall yet again. This time with help from Jey Uso, but, you know, Cesaro was coming to beat him up after a match. Makes perfect sense for Jey to come out. Yeah, Yeah. I I thought this was all wonderful. Loved it. Yeah. Yeah, to me, this was a perfect example of getting the most out of a situation because this is a situation where you don't need to protect Brian because 
in theory, he's lost and is now gone, at least from SmackDown forever. We don't know if he's like, he might show up on Raw, he might show up on NXT, he might show up again. He might just be done. You never know. This might have been his retirement match. You don't know. But that being said, it's very obvious that he's not going to be here next week on SmackDown. So get as much heat out of this for Roman as possible. And so in doing that, you were able to take Brian out of the show, make Roman that much more of a heel, and also set up a new feud with Cesaro. And I just, I love, I love the angle of setting the babyface up in the ropes, tying him up, having a second person holding him there, and making him watch something terrible that's happening. I loved it. I love this go-home angle, not go-home angle, but off-the-show angle, like, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. So good, magnificent. It it really was. It was absolutely wonderful stuff. Um, And yeah, uh, like you said, it's getting the most out of the situation because I don't think this is a Charlotte Flair situation where Brian's just going to come back next week. I do Mm -hmm. feel like, because this is a a, a story that involves Roman Reigns, they tend to actually follow through on their their promises when it comes to Roman stories. That's the one thing they've been really good at booking, uh, basically since last year's SummerSlam. Mm -hmm. They've just booked Roman wonderfully. So anything surrounding him and involving him, I feel like they actually follow through on. I don't think Brian's going to come back to SmackDown anytime soon or at all. I think he genuinely might just move brands or be done, you know? Um, But yeah, I, I... after this victory, because, you know, when, when they started making their entrances, I was like, Brian has a chance of winning this. And then I heard Roman's new theme. I was like, Brian doesn't have a chance of winning this. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the, like we, we kind of alluded to earlier, this feels like the next arc for Roman Reigns. This feels like the next chapter in the Roman Reigns story from his in his tribal chief character, which does make me a little bit concerned because it feels like they're now going to do Reigns versus Cesaro at Backlash which is only like two weeks away now. I I think that that makes me worried because Cesaro shouldn't win that match. And I don't want Cesaro to win that match. But also, if Cesaro's not going to win, I don't want him to be in that match because yeah. I, they should save that for Cesaro to actually dethrone him later at like a, a SummerSlam or, or way down yeah. the line, whenever. Or may, you know what? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they could do an AEW. They could do an amazing long-term story. Cesaro faces Reigns here. And he loses, just straight up loses. He's just not the better man on that night. And he takes the time to rebuild and regroup and just gets better and better and better until eventually, months down the line, he gets another match against Reigns and he wins. Maybe that's the story they're going to tell. I doubt it, but maybe there's that. It does just make give me a little pause for concern that if they are going to do Reigns-Cesaro with Backlash, which it looks like that's what they're going to do, that Cesaro will lose and then that will be Cesaro's push done. Yeah, yeah, because we brought this up like a week or two ago when it looked like they were setting up Cesaro and Roman Reigns for the next pay-per-view. And that's exactly what we said. Like we said that I would really like to see Cesaro beat Roman Reigns and become universal champion, but I don't want it to happen at the show right after WrestleMania. Like it's not time yet. And if this got put off until like SummerSlam, that would be, I would be much more invested in that because I feel like that's a good long reign. Roman would have been champion for like a year at that point. Like I would be satisfied with something like that, but having it happen now, like I feel like Roman's just really getting going Mm -hmm. and he's been champion for like what, six, seven months, however long it's been now. 
I think he said on his entrance, it was 242 days, I think they said. It's a long time. I forgot what month it was, honestly. Mm. But, like, he's getting better. Like, it's crazy because we all saw Roman Reigns, like, in September last year when he cut the one promo on Jey Uso on the stage. And we were like, oh, my God, Roman Reigns has peaked. Finally, he's, he's the best he's ever been. And he just keeps getting better. Now's not the time to take the belt off of him. No, it, it really isn't. And it's so wild because I was like, he could totally lose the belt at WrestleMania. Like, I, mm-hmm. I think it would be a really solid run. He's done so much with that run. It feels like a good, like, natural end point for Reigns if he does lose the title and it's in a triple threat, like, he can be protected and all that stuff. And now he's retained and now he's got a new theme. This feels like the next bit of Reigns. And I'm like, there's still loads more for him to do. Don't know what I was talking yep. about. I was wrong. Just I was just yep. wrong back then uh so yeah I, I i'm i'm all in on reigns right now i think this was absolutely wonderful brilliantly built too and they paid off on their hype such a good job well done everyone involved because that was amazing Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Uh, let's see what you guys thought. Let's get into your ultra chats uh, right now. If you want to get in your ultra chats, wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Link is on the screen. Uh, get those in and we'll get through to every single one of them by the end of the show. We got one here from DN Trin that says Roman's new theme song sounds like a JRPG final boss theme. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. It's great. I love it. Um, 
Charlesburg says, uh, don't think I forgot to compliment you, Tempest. The passion you have for wrestling gives me renewed love for this wacky thing we all enjoy. And Pete, you seem like a selfless individual who puts others before him. Oh, thank you. Uh, Roman Reigns has sexy anime villain music. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Because he's yeah, he a does. sexy anime villain. He's he great. is sexy. Look at him. Oh, God. Dude. Look at his chest now. That 8K camera and him, like, like smoldering look into the camera. Mm-hmm. Oof. Oof, yeah. God. Smoldering is a great way to describe Roman Reigns. Oh, yeah. That's his intangible. He smolders. <laughs> intangible <laughs> smoldering. <laughs> amazing, yeah. Oh, God. Um, Matthew Bukowski says, This match humped. Uh, Roman's theme makes him godly. Tribal god. Head of the table. Brian has options. What are five matches from each Raw, NXT, and outside WWE you want to see now? That's too many. Let's do one. Uh, okay, final thought. I really hope we get to see Apollo versus Biggie versus Owens versus Zayn soon. We'll talk about that later. I think that's yep. the way they're going. Um, one match. We don't have time for five. Uh, from each Raw, NXT, and outside WWE you want to see now? Uh, uh, outside uh, WWE, I'd probably say uh, I'll, I'll go Zack Sabre Jr., uh, for for outside WWE for NXT, mm-hmm. I'll count NXT UK and say Walter. And from Raw, yeah. I don't even remember who's on Raw right now. Honest to God, um, I have no idea. Um, AJ Styles. No, oh, yeah, he's there. Let's just see that match again. They're yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Drew McIntyre. Yeah, why not? Drew McIntyre, Walter, Tomohiro Ishii. Oh. <laughs> Oh, hero Ishii is just a go-to answer for anything. So, so much beef in that match. Um, <laughs> Perseus M says, just imagine, uh, just Roman with this music going against the almighty Bobby Lashley with his music and Heyman versus MVP. I think this is where it's going. That's quite interesting. I hadn't considered that. I don't think that's where it's going, but that is a really interesting comparison, actually. Um, I, I think mean, that would actually be really good. The- yeah, if they both hold the titles for a long time, I mean, Survivor Series is a thing. Yeah, yeah, and, totally. You know, I don't know if if Lashley will still be champion by then. I don't know if Roman will still be champion by then. I hope they both are, but mm-hmm. we'll see. I mean, that would be, to me, the only place you could do that match right now. But again, you yeah. never know. Yeah. Uh, LJ Mickey says, after WrestleMania, I thought that Roman Reigns cannot be more dominant and a badass heel. And then this SmackDown happened. Honestly, this was amazing. It was so good that I totally forgot that Reginald was in this episode. (laughs) Me too. I still rated this a five out of five show on the edited review. Wild. There was a whole Reginald on this show and I still rated it five. That's how good this main event was. Yeah, I'm in uh, total agreement with you there. Mary Painesville Dan says, uh, so here's what's next for Roman and Cesaro. Roman beats Cesaro via distraction at Backlash. On SmackDown, Corbin gets involved in the action. Cesaro oh. enters an eight-month feud with Corbin, and it looks like he's going to be rewarded with the title, but here comes Goldberg. Uh, Go thanks, away, Dan. Dan. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> Appreciate it. See, That's... again, I never know if Dan is doing a bit or not. <laughs> like this, could Or very if he really wants be... that. Yeah, this could very easily be just his thoughts. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we'll do one more for now before we get into the rest of them later on. Bazo Banks comes in to say, what a strong show. SD just has this aura and energy that Raw severely lacks. They at least put in the effort to make things uh, feel important. Just looking at the new banners for Raw and SmackDown, I know which show I want to watch more. Give me Brian and Walter now. Yeah. I love that. 
Yep. Uh, Sean, uh, Sean Ross Sapp pointed out on Twitter today when someone told him like, oh, wins and losses don't matter. Get over it. And I was like, Roman Reigns doesn't lose. Mm-hmm. And that's important. Yeah, exactly. Like if, if he lost his non-title matches, he wouldn't be the character he is now. It wouldn't make nope. any wouldn't make any sense. Wouldn't make any difference. Now, let's talk about the rest of the show, which started off uh, with a quick hype thing for Reigns of Brian in the Night, and uh, Bianca Belair came out. There was a little, a weird little video package. This, this is a massive pet peeve, and I know this is a pet peeve. It still winds me up, though, where Bianca Belair's coming out, SmackDown Women's Champion, main event in Night 1 of WrestleMania, and they say, here's what Bianca Belair's all about. It's like... We know mm-hmm. what she's about. She's the SmackDown Women's Champion. She's been on the roster for ages now, and she main evented night one of WrestleMania. Like, and the thing is, even if people don't know what she's about, if they're a first-time viewer and they're not seeing anything about her, they should know what she's about by her personality and her wrestling and her gimmick, you know? If someone's brand new on the roster, I can understand doing this kind of video package to be like, Here's why you should care about this character. We have so many reasons to care about Bianca Belair that they've already given us. We don't need a thing to say, here's what Bianca Belair is all about. It's like, we we, we know. Stop, yeah. stop wasting our time. They yeah. they also have to keep in mind that, like, WWE hasn't got a whole lot of new fans. Mm. So, like, yeah. explaining these things just is kind of redundant. I would yeah. have much rather they highlighted that she was on ESPN this week talking with Stephen A. Smith, because that's... Mm. A big deal. <laughs> That's so unlike WWE to not promote that. Oh, God, Lord. Wild. But yes, I agree. Uh, so anyway, she comes out and says, welcome to SmackDown. Da-ba-da-ba-da. It was the very generic baby face. Like, we're here on Friday night. The um the Dirty Dogs came out to interrupt and said something. Uh, and then the Street Profits came out and said something. And then Bailey came out. And didn't say anything. And then she came out to the ring. And then she did the same laugh she did last week. Where she laughed at Bianca. And then she laughed at the Street Profits. And then they just kind of started fighting. So all those people from last week. Who said, you're an idiot. Bailey's laughing at the fact that she got Bianca Belair with the thing. Can someone please tell me. What was Bailey laughing at here? That she interrupted (laughs) them? Because so did everybody else. What are you laughing at, Bailey? You maniac! Yeah. I didn't. I didn't get it. Lo- love the love the people. Yeah, guys. Um, I don't know. There are some people who seem to not understand the fact that when we say that we don't get things like this, it's not that the joke is going over our heads. It's that the joke isn't funny, <laughs> <laughs> or just doesn't exist. They're just saying, look <laughs> at the joke. And we go, what joke? And they go, you know, the joke. <laughs> what one? Yeah. I, I will say this to me, like, I didn't have that much of an issue with, like, the promos that were being cut. I didn't care for the Bailey thing. But, like, this match had been announced beforehand. Like, mm-hmm. we knew this was coming. Yeah. Just give us the match. Yeah. Like, this yeah, would have yeah, been yeah. a perfect totally. time to just open the show with a match, which is something that we really appreciated on nxt this week where just the show just started with a match like really good stuff Mm. 
you this felt like the promo to set up the six person tag when you didn't need to do one you just do the match yeah exactly and and that's that's a problem that wwe has as a whole of just being like whoa this feels so impromptu with like everything it's like no announce Mm. your matches and just do them like a show Mm, I, sure. I even thought it was wild when I was like 11 because they would do that. They would announce the matches beforehand. I remember one instance specifically from June 2008 when they announced Jeff Hardy versus John Cena in a number one contenders match like the night after uh, Extreme Rules. It was June 2nd, 2008. I got a good memory, folks. And they all came out and Triple H cut a promo and then John Cena came out and Jeff Hardy came out and then Vince McMahon appeared on the Tron and he was like, I've got a great idea. We're <laughs> going to have a number one contenders match between John Cena and Jeff Hardy. And everyone was like, we know. You announced mm-hmm. it already. <laughs> Just get to it sometime. Just do the match. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my first note for this match was, that was a really bad setup. Um, and then... Pat McAfee with his absolutes. He's back at it again this week. This is the best Dawkins we've ever seen. What? He's doing a splash, buddy. <laughs> you know, the same splash that he does every week. Yeah. Sure. That's fine. Um, but for all my criticisms of the setup, I thought this was a fun little match. Uh, I thought yeah. it was quite good. The action was very good. Uh, and I, I quite like the finish that they did on this one. Where Bianca uses her hair whip, which she only brings out in very yeah. dire situations. Uh, use that on Rude, uh, and then we uh, got Dawkins to do a, a spinebuster, I think, and then a springboard frog, a springboard frog splash from Ford onto onto Rude to get the pinfall win. Really nice, really liked it. Yeah. The just like the the timing of like whip, spinebuster, frog splash was all really really like fluid and smooth and really nice. So yeah, it was good. Yeah, I had no complaints about the match. You know, it was yeah. just like it was solid, and it was like. I don't even know that it needed to be a little bit longer, but like if you take out the promo at the beginning, you can give more time to another match on the show. And I think that would have been a better use of the time, but yeah, I thought it was like a really good match. Again, really like the finish. I really don't care about the tag team situation right now, but I we're just getting this match again. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, maybe they'll do the four way thing at backlash that they did the the night before wrestlemania again who knows who cares but just yeah. put the belts on the mysterios at this point like yeah i want genuinely. to see that just do it already it'll be a nice moment get yeah. them to celebrate and they can be, all, be they sweet. can do the thing where they touch the heads that the mysterios do you know the thing it'll Aww. be fine it'll be good yeah um and also yeah there was a weird spot in this match where Bianca looked like she was like, they were putting over that she was struggling to lift up. Oh yeah. I totally forgot about that. She's lifted up Otis before. Mm -hmm. And she, the the whole thing is that she's really, she like pressed Sasha over her head at WrestleMania. And she's like, Oh, can she get up Ziggler? It's like, Mm. huh? Like she could squat Dolph Ziggler. Oh, easy. Yeah. (laughs) Easily. Yeah. Yeah. that That was weird. I'm I, glad you fine. brought that up. I, I completely forgot and thought the exact same thing. Where I was like, <laughs> "What is this?" <laughs> yeah, uh, it's very strange. Uh, anyway, uh, we then had Daniel Bryan backstage saying that he's going to win the title and that he's going to give Cesaro the first shot after he wins. He didn't win. Um, no. We then had an ad break and then we had a Rollins promo and Rollins said, uh, "I th- actually think that Bryan is going to win. I think he's right." 
But Cesaro is definitely not getting the first shot. I'll make sure of it kind of thing, furthering that whole run mm-hmm. Cesaro thing, which was cool. Um, we then got a recap of Tamina versus Nia from last week, which was basically the whole match. The recap was basically the same thing as the whole match from last week. As if I needed to see it again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nia and Shayna and Reginald are walking backstage and they say, we're tired being disrespected. They've got wins over us in singles competition. They can't beat us in a tag match that we're the tag champions. It's like, Shayna, you're a singles wrestler. Come back to the light. Come back to the light, please, Shayna. Um, anyway. And then uh, the, in pure babyface fashion, because WWE are listening to the fans and Tamina got over at WrestleMania. And the, you know, the, the crowd really liked her at Mania, so they're going to push her as a babyface now to listen to the crowd. Natty and, uh, Natty and Tamina beat him up backstage. Was this not just the most backwards yeah. segment? It really like, was, wasn't it? Like, I don't know. I feel like I've been on like some some vendetta over the last like month of baby faces acting like baby faces. And like, I don't like two on one beat downs or attacking people from behind from baby faces and whatnot. Why could they not have Tamina and Nia Jack or Tamina and Natalia doing the promo and have Shayna and Nia attack them? Like mm-hmm. that's, that's how that works. You have the bad guys do the bad thing, not the good guys do the bad thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah sure um as they uh as they started off the match which was a tag match naya and shana versus natalia and tamina non-title match pat mcafee just goes these teams have been battling each other for weeks i was like they sure have pat yeah god almighty yeah they have yeah Goodness i think me. uh sean again tweeted something last night saying that in just the month of april this was like the seventh time that e- that one of God. Tamina or Natalia faced Nia or Shayna. And oh, for the God. love of God, I do not need to see any combination of those four people ever again. But they're going ever. to. But they're going to, based off the result of this match. Okay, positives. Yeah. Yeah. Positives of this match. I thought this was probably, out of those seven matches that they've had in April, I think this was probably their best one. Yeah, I was least offended by this. Yeah. You know? And it genuinely, like, they kept up a pretty good pace through the match. Like, the spots were cool. They were all right. They were fine. Um, nothing, like, super-duper special or anything. But, like, they, they just went from one to the next to the next to the next and just kept up a really nice pace through the match. They got a bit more time than normal, you know? Better than 30 seconds. They got a few minutes out of this, which was nice. And, yeah, it was probably the best one they had. A few negatives. Reginald! God! He winds me up. And it's just constant distractions on the outside. I said this in my editive review as well. They told half a story and they didn't pay it off where Shayna was going for a tag and then Nia wasn't there because she was outside with Reginald selling and like the cameras were showing her outside selling. Like, oh, this is a big deal. And the commentary team were like, oh, Shayna and Nia not on the same page because... Can mm, they coexist? Can they coexist? How will they coexist? And Shayna going for the tag and Nia not being there. And I was like, oh, there's dissension between the team. Blah, 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 blah. Nia got a tag in about 30 seconds later and nothing came of it. It was mm-hmm. just fine. It's like, why would you set that up and then not do anything with it? Storytelling. Yeah. Have you ever heard yeah. of Chekhov's gun? It's like one of the prime things of storytelling. Don't put something in a story if you're not going to pay it off. It winds me up to no end. It, it got on my nerves. The in-ring action was perfectly acceptable, but everything else sucked. <laughs> you you can hardly tell that it why it wound you up. 
You know, I to me, it was, is so bad yeah. every week. It's so bad on Raw and on SmackDown. And I maintain what I said last week of just being like, this is the one little dose of Raw on my otherwise very pleasant SmackDown because mm-hmm. God, this yeah. was the one bit that really wound me up on the show. Everything else was good on the show bar the main event, which was spectacular. Yeah. And it's just, it just, it just brings me down a little bit and I don't want it to. Just don't kill my vibe. Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, to me, it was like, we talked on NXT about the the Killian Dane Drake Maverick match and how there was a mm. moment in there where they did the can they coexist spot where it felt like they didn't pay it off in the match, but mm-hmm. I have enough faith in NXT to pay it off next week. I don't think we'll ever hear about this spot again. Like ever, 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 ever. Like this mm-hmm. is it. It was just a dumb spot in a match. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Move on. Uh, moving on. Moving Away on. from this uh, negativity. Yeah. Booker T said Roman Reigns is going to win. Shinsuke said that Brian's going to win, uh, but that he's going to be waiting for Reigns. Uh, or maybe he said that Reigns is going to win. I might have written that down wrong. doesn't matter. Shinsuke said he's going to be waiting for Reigns anyway. Ooh, because we, Reigns got away from him once. Do we think nope. he will? Is this ever nope. going to lead to something? Or is nope. like, yeah. I, want, I would I would like to see Shinsuke Nakamura versus Roman Reigns. Have that be like the universal title match at, at Money in the Bank or something yeah. like that. Like that sounds fun. I'm and very much down for that. Yeah. Totally there. down for that. But I don't know. If there was a, a little piece of this where I was just kind of like, feels like someone that would just say that, like just to try and get themselves over a little bit and then it just gets mm. forgotten about. But I'm hoping that's not yeah. the case. Yeah. Uh, Ray and Dominic Mysterio are backstage saying they want to be the, become the first father-son tag team champions. I'd also like that. Give that to them. Yes. I think that would be cool. Uh, and then we got uh, chapter two of Alistair Black. Last week we had The Dragon, and this one was called Reality. Um, essentially saying, it, I feel like it could be summed up by we live in a society, was basically the, the gist of the promo. He's basically a more him, eloquent joker, reading yeah, from a pr- book. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, and him just saying that, you know, always trying to pick the right college and getting that three-bed house with the white picket fence, it's all a lie. But father never told me those lies, and I could I have the secrets to get you out of your hell, but I'm not going to tell you. Um, this is right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm still there. I'm, st- I'm yep. still holding out hope for this one. I like the presentation. I mm. like Alexer. Alexer? That's not his name. Alistair Alex Black. Black. Yeah. Alec- Alexander Black. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I like him. I'm happy to see him back. Uh, but it's it's spooky man promos, you know? Mm-hmm. And I can only care so much about that. Once he gets back to TV, that's when I'll really like get into mm-hmm. everything, you know? Because it's like Again, it's like spooky man stuff where I don't know what his goals are right now. Yes. You know, you need you need to give me a little bit more of of that. But again, we're two weeks into this, so I will I will wait and reserve my judgment. I'm just hoping that they don't forget about that part. Yes, for sure. Uh, but still, I'm really into it. Like the the art style of these promos is really cool. Still super mm-hmm. into it. Really, really like it. Um, after that, we got a couple promos from Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston saying that. Um, Wits thinks that Brian is going to win. Kingston thinks that Reigns is going to win. 
which was interesting because you had the whole history with Kingston and Brian and Kingston just being like, no, I beat Brian. I think Reigns is going to win. <laughs> I beat Brian yeah. and I'm way down on the card. <laughs> you, you seen me? I'm barely even featured on Raw. I'm throwing tomatoes these days. Yeah. <sighs> Don't make me sad yeah. about Kofi. I'm yeah. still not over um, it. Um, then we got uh, a WrestleMania rematch. Uh, we got Apollo Crews versus Big E for the Intercontinental title. I'm really glad that they built from the Nigerian drum fight to a singles match. Makes yep. sense to me. From, sing- from singles matches to a Nigerian drum fight back to singles matches. Mm-hmm. Mm. Why not? Carry that on. Uh, and again, this was a really good match. Like The action was really good. They gave him a solid amount of time. Biggie was like dominating early, but then Apollo uh, started to come back using heelish tactics. Uh, mm. Managed to hit a Death Valley driver on the apron, which looked brutal. It was awesome. Um, and like I, I was, I was making these notes, and I was like, "Man, like the story's really good, the pacing's really good, the action's really good." Big ending from Big E. Holy crap! And I was like, "Ah, oh, he's too close to the outside." Yep. There's Commander Aziz. <laughs> pulls him out of the ring and causes the DQ. And I, and then I, I just said to myself, I was like, what did I expect? Like, yeah. come on, Pete. Yeah, like, you have those moments where they're setting up the finish and you can just see, like, like you know when someone's a little too close to the ropes and, like, you're just like, oh, foot on, that's going to be a foot on the rope. This was like, he's going to get pulled out of the ring. Oh, it's coming. Yeah, mm-hmm. there it goes. Yep. I, I think yeah. I enjoyed last week's match with kevin owens a bit more that Mm -hmm. might just be because we had like a halfway proper finish to that one as opposed to a dq here but i've really enjoyed uh apollo cruz's matches as intercontinental champion like this is a guy who never got the chance to have like long matches on the main roster and now he is and it's like it's really nice to see because like we all know he's a good wrestler Mm -hmm. and it's it's just really good to see that a guy who is a good wrestler who gets the chance to have long matches can succeed, mm-hmm. you know, like it, it reaffirms my, my confidence in a working system. If that makes yes. sense. Yeah. 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 Totally. But the thing is though, with this, I was upset with the finish. Cause I was like, Oh, DQ finish. But then they had the little post-match angle and I was like, Oh, okay. No, no, I'm back into this now. This is great. Yeah. And that, that was kind of the story of the show because there was always, for all the negative stuff, there was something positive to find from it, you know? And like the, the, the opening segment. I just, a, I just saw a really funny comment. I, it it oh. just absolutely threw me that yeah. Al- Alistair Black, the father, is Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> I want that to be canon now. I'm sorry. I, I, I never considered that, but good for you, Charles Berg. That, that's a winner. That's the winner right there. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I completely lost what I was saying. So, like in in the opening match, I didn't like the setup, but the match was really good. And yeah. even though the women's tag stuff, you know, it wound me up in several ways. Like the actual in ring action was something to look forward to because it was something that was actually better than it had been in previous weeks. And in this match, it's DQ finish. Uh, but post match angle was actually really good. So Aziz starts beating up uh, Biggie. Kevin Owens comes out to start beating up Aziz because Aziz hit him with the Nigerian nail last week. Cool, like that. Biggie and Owens start fighting together. Love that. Sami Zayn comes out of nowhere and hits a halluva kick on Kevin Owens. I was like, that's also great. Love that. And then we got the best bit where Sami Zayn picks up the Intercontinental Championship and looks and he's like, hmm. And mm-hmm. even though Sami's hardly been away, it feels like Sami's hardly been away from the Intercontinental title because his whole character has been like, 
I've been screwed out of the Intercontinental title. I want my Intercontinental title back the whole time. And now he's here, and I'm like, I want to see Sammy get the Intercontinental title back. <laughs> like, it's just the amount that he said it, it's like rooted itself in my brain now. It's great. Yeah. So he, he, he looks at the IC title, and he, he, and he turns to see Apollo and Aziz there, and he properly hams up the baby face. He's been like, oh, you know, we're cool. Don't worry. Here's your title. It's totally fine. Don't worry. We're, we're cool. Don't worry. Uh, he, he kind of raises Apollo's hand, and he raises Aziz's hand, and then Aziz just hits him with a Nigerian nail. And I was like, okay, that was kind of cool. I'm into that. I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, see, yeah. You, can, you can do stuff like this when they're all heels. Because mm. this is also something that I feel like someone who is a baby face would still do in WWE, you know, where it's just like, Oh yeah, we're cool. We're cool. We're cool. Turn on, turn on him anyway. And yeah. I would then complain about it, but it works when it's a bunch of heels. Mm-hmm. I had a few, I had a few thoughts about the post match uh, bit where we, we talked to last week about how a four way program over the NX or the NXT God, my brain is just fried today <laughs> over the intercontinental title. Uh, would really work and we would like to see that and now it looks like that's the direction that they're going so that's like a big thumbs up i'm mm-hmm. excited for that that's good stuff yep. you know um there is another part of me that goes hmm we had virtually the exact same dynamic and setup for a four-way intercontinental title match five years ago with kevin owens and Sami Zayn and the miz and cesaro where mm-hmm. it was like there's the Intercontinental title feud. There's this Kevin and Sammy feud. And then let's just combine them. And I'm like, wow, we really haven't found something else for Kevin and Sammy to do in five years. Which, yeah, that is I mean, they're, they're at their best when they're together. Yeah. So I'm not going to like complain about it too much. But I was literally just like, huh, that's a little bit interesting. Hey, man. We have just hey. kind of spun our tires for like five years. KO fought for the Universal title on like three separate occasions recently. So that's something, mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah. not nothing. Yeah. He's not it's just not been fighting for the IC title the whole time. So that's yeah. it's different. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I'm glad that we called that they were going for the Fatal 4-Way route. I'm a big fan of it. I hope it's going to be a real good match. And I think that Apollo is probably going to retain. Uh, from I would that. think so. I would, I would think, uh, which it would be Good. I think it would solidify him as a proper champion, and you can have feuds spinning out of that because you could go straight into an Apollo um, KO feud out of that, and you can even do a Biggie Sammy feud uh, out of that if you wanted to. I don't know if we want to see Biggie Sammy again just because of the whole thing that they did at the tail end of last year, but who knows? Um, we then got a video call from The Miz saying that he thinks Reigns is going to win, uh, and Cesaro says that he thinks Brian's going to win and he's going to beat Brian at Backlash for the title and he accepts the challenge from Rollins so it is going to be Rollins versus Cesaro yet another Wrestlemania rematch next week um, cool. should be a good match yep should be a good match I don't really want to see the rematch but hey ho whatever that's where we are I'm sure it'll be fun if, if Seth Rollins wins we gonna have something to talk about oh, this year's show don't don't you dare! Don't you dare put that into the world, Tempest. Rollins cannot win that match, and uh, nope, much better. It's going to be a DQ finish. I think I'd prefer that, honestly. Yeah, no, I would too. But I'm telling you, that is what's going to happen. It'll be a DQ finish, mm-hmm. uh, and it's going yeah. to be really bad. Uh, I'm going to hold out hope that Cesaro wins clean. Anyway, uh, and then we got into all the main event stuff uh, that we've already spoken about. So. <laughs> Overall, I thought 
Okay, so I rated this in my editor review. I rated this like a five out of five show, like a low five, if that even counts. It's like very close to being a four, <laughs> but the main event was so good that it just put it up to a five for me because it, it was great. It's one of the best main events from SmackDown in ages. And that just elevated me to a point where I, I didn't mind all the other negative stuff on the show. And especially because all the other negative stuff on the show also had positives to go with it as well. So I was like, well, the other stuff was fine. And the main event was amazing. Five? So, yeah, I've, I've gone with five tentatively. Mm-hmm. It's kind of four, but five. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, number scores are just arbitrary anyway, but I True. think I I think I would go for like a really high four, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm I'm totally with you on everything. I just like, I don't know, the first hour of SmackDown didn't really do anything for me. And I thought on the whole, which a lot of people made fun of me for saying on the whole a lot on uh, on the NXT review this week. Um, I thought last week's show overall was a better show. Mm-hmm. This week just had the better match. So mm-hmm. I'm going to give them the same rating of a four out of five show. That seems fair. Yeah. Can't wait for everyone to crap all their beef. Oh, that, yeah. You know. the, this, uh, thank you, Bezo Banks. There's Retro Smackdown. Yeah. Yeah. Which I thought this was a really weird thing because they're like, it's the old Vince McMahon WWE superstars voiceover with the the old music and the old blocky WWF logo. SmackDown mm-hmm. started in 1999. That's <laughs> yeah. as far back as you can go. Legit, yeah, talking the middle of the Attitude Era. Yeah, Triple H and The Rock and and Steve Austin and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I was like, yeah. how retro are you gonna go? Like at least yeah. when they do it with Raw. Like Raw started in '93, yeah. which was still very retro. But maybe they're gonna do like a weird retro SmackDown that's not going to make canonical sense. That's but fine. I said on Twitter, if they don't bring back the giant fist, I don't care. I yeah, don't care about. They should. It. Yeah. They probably won't. Like I could also see them bringing back the original SmackDown set. You know, with like the one big screen and the screen in the middle mm-hmm. that Jericho got gored through. Yeah. But I really want to see the fist. I They got rid of the fist the week that I started watching wrestling. Oh, mate. Like right there. Because I started watching like the week that they went to HD and they redid all the sets. Mm-hmm. I want to see the big SmackDown fist back because that was SmackDown. Yeah, like if you want some really SmackDown cool. nostalgia, bring back the Rise Up theme and bring back the fist. Yeah, it's true. The fist was the best in the video games because you could climb onto it, and it was yeah. great. Uh, anyway, uh, you guys thought that this show was a four out of five. Fifty-five percent of you voting for a four out of five show. Nineteen percent uh, saying a five out of five, with eighteen percent doing a three out of five. So very, very favorable uh, reviews for the show. Understandably, I mm. would say. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement with you guys. It's definitely on that kind of cusp of four and five, I think, between there. Uh, this was a, a, a wonderful show. And I very much enjoyed watching it.
let's get into the rest of your ultra chats uh let's see what you guys have to say about the show last call for your ultra chats if you want to get those in wrestletalk.com forward slash support is the link to go to you can find it in the pinned comment in the description it's on the screen all sorts of places to find it and you can get in your old chats and we will read out your messages every single one of them before we end the show today so we've got one here from charles berg that says is anybody better at losing matches than daniel bryan i love watching him win but he never looks bad when he loses also i feel like cesaro didn't sell reigns as uh, reigns murdering bryan that well his reaction felt wooden uh, reigns will surpass punk's 400 plus day reign uh, I don't think the punk reign is particularly important. I mean, like, if you're just looking for a milestone to pass, like, I think it's it's possible and probably and maybe likely. Um, but I, uh, because Brock's universal title reign was longer than punk's WWE title reign, and I did see people at the time being like, they're trying to write punk out of history because they do like to do that. Mm. Um, but I don't think it was, uh, it was like a big factor into this one. Um, Daniel Bryan's really good at selling, man. And he's yeah. he's at the point now where he's not quite bulletproof because I did think that a lot of his 2020 was like devaluing him, just that they weren't really taking him seriously. And he's just so good. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's just at the cusp of being bulletproof where you can do anything to him and nothing matters, but he's really good. He's really yeah. good at putting people over. He's such a good wrestler. And the thing with Brian is that even if he does get a little bit devalued, the next week he can come back and do something cool, and you're like, okay, you're right back yes. to where you were. No big. Yes. Like, it's he's fine. he's easily redeemable in yeah. WWE programming, which is 100%. not something that can be said for a lot of people on WWE mm-hmm. programming. So absolutely big yeah. big thing. People saying I hate Punk in the in the chat. I do not hate CM Punk. Would you like me to pull out my CM Punk shirt collection? Because I've got a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh kevin comes in with an ultra chat to say i friggin popped when reigns's new song hit this match was incredible everything around it was perfect agree yep. big agree yeah when i when i when i heard that reigns had new music i was like oh my god yeah sound that the alarms. was my that was my exact reaction it literally yeah. started and i was like it's <laughs> happening oh my god <laughs> the fable times are here it's amazing um Joshua Shepard says, L-I-W for, for, for life. Um, as a Roman Reigns uh, day one fan, SmackDown has been fantastic for me since SummerSlam. My job makes watching wrestling live impossible for me, but I did end up watching the big match last night. How cool would that have been in front of a crowd? Yeah, yep. 100% agree with that. We mentioned I, it earlier. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will reiterate, I think that if this was in front of a crowd, this would be like one of the legendary all-time great WWE tv main events mm-hmm. oh what, yeah. what a shame you know yeah like but, i mean what can you do there's nothing they can do you no. know so i don't like blame anybody but it's just like oh i blame the stupid pandemic yeah Took another exactly. great wrestling moment from us curse you um do you want to take over the rest of the ultra chats uh yeah sure we've got one uh, regarding the intercontinental title picture uh from scott young saying apollo lad we have had <laughs> Maybe I can't I can't read. We we have all had the emails telling us that you are the Nigerian prince. I think you've taken it too far. Someone needs to tell him to change his bank details. But he actually funny, really. is though. He's of Nigerian descent. They keep telling it on your intro graphics that he's of Nigerian descent, so it's fine. Yeah, that uh that that accent, the reverse Kofi Kingston. 
we've got Kevin here saying, not a big fan of her stories, but I like when Naya gives interviews, uh, little digs. Why are you showing that we already saw it? That was actually quite good. I like that. Or mm -hmm. last night, we know what match we have. Ask your question, Megan. That's funny, <laughs> but end this team already. I agree. Yeah. I like it when people... Because Kevin Owens would do stuff like this, too, where they kind of mm -hmm. point out how stupid the WWE interview process is. Yes, yeah, good stuff. On a side note, I guess this is the best part to best best part to bring this up because I forgot about it when you were talking about the Paul Heyman thing. What sure. is this is a really small nitpick mm -hmm. and it doesn't affect the show to me other than just kind of like pulling me out a little bit. But I really find it strange when they're like, She's going to interview Paul Heyman. Let's go to a commercial. Let's go to a video package. And I was like, he's been standing there for like 10 minutes. You know, like the I've, I've had several rants about that in the past, about WWE pacing and how they'll be yeah. like, here's the entrance for one match and an ad break and a recap package and a backstage interview and then another backstage interview. And then we have the other person come out and turns out it's a tag match. So we've got another like two people to yeah. come out yet. So another ad break and another this thing. It's like, just do things in sequence. It winds me up. Yeah, yes, it, it's just a matter of making me feel like this isn't a real sporting event, which like mm. I know it's not, but the idea is I'm supposed to forget that it's not. Exactly. But I, you would never throw to a interview with like a hockey player or something and then make him sit there for like 10 <laughs> minutes while you went to commercial and did a pre-show panel or whatever. So that's yeah. just that's my yeah. nitpick for the week. <laughs> yep. Uh, Vandalia 1998 says, Wish Raw and SmackDown would switch days so I could watch SmackDown on my day off work. As for Bailey, new laughing gimmick means her character is going mental or something. That's the only thing I can think of. Uh, no idea. No, I idea. think I think that she did it last week and Vince McMahon went, Huh, that's great. Do it again. That's funny, pal. <laughs> Literally, yeah. He's done that yeah. and just got to do that again. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I don't know. Luke Neal says, hey, guys, you're great. Thank you. Also, do, do you think a simple lariat, powerbomb, or superkick can be used these days as a convincing finisher? Sincerely, Nickelback fan for, for, for life. Yes. 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 I mean, you still yes. see it sometimes. I mean, yeah. uh, Walter has beaten people with a clothesline. I think he beat Tyler Bate. Um it was the, the five-star match from Pro Wrestling Noah last December where um, I think it was Go Shiozaki and uh, Takashi Segura where Shiozaki just beat him with a clothesline. Mm -hmm. Just a just one big clothesline. Boom, that was it. That was the finish. So it's yep. like, yeah, if you get it over, it mm -hmm. works. You know, yeah. like... You just have to, he, you have to build to that finish. Yes. You can do anything within the context of a match. Walter just won a match with a chop. He did. He really you did. You can do anything, you know? It was amazing like, as well. Yeah. And people like to say, like, oh, super kicks have been devalued. And, like, they have been. But at the same time, if you build to it within the context of a match, like they did in the Young Bucks FTR match, super kick could still be a finish. It could be mm -hmm. a great finish. So yep. it's all it's all contextual stuff, I think. Um, George Todd says live in New Zealand so it's Sunday so drunk oh dear <laughs> I honestly I'm trying to decipher a lot of what uh this this message says because I believe you George so we'll probably check this in a couple days when I check my balance I just want to thank you guys for the great content well thank you 
Thank you for that. And I believe he's saying it's 2 a.m. Sunday morning. Yes, that that Why looks are you about here? Right. Goodness me. Why That's... are you here? It's 2 a.m. on a go to sleep. Yeah. You can watch this later. You can watch it on catch up, you know. It's going to be on the <laughs> channel. What you doing? <laughs> Wild. And and Bezo Banks says uh Bailey's just channeling her inner Sasha Banks to get on Bianca's nerves. Ugh. Uh yeah, I, I don't I don't like Sasha's laugh. I don't I don't need that. If you're nope. there's so many things you could take from Sasha Banks's presentation. Her laugh is not the thing you need to take. It's nope. like someone looking at Seth Rollins and being like, "You know what? I'm going to laugh like that guy." <laughs> Forget the great <laughs> wrestling and the extravagant suits and all mm-hmm. the things that make Cesaro or Cesaro. Yeah. Seth Rollins a fun character. I'm going to go, <laughs> yeah. that'll get me over. Hey, you, you know what? Walter's really great. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stab him my hands behind my back. That makes me <laughs> as good as Walter. That's yeah. the thing that makes Walter, you know? So we've got quite a few emails to get through. Um, thank you, everyone, for emailing in. We really appreciate all the support you guys are showing, the intangibles. We we, we love it. We we cherish it so dearly. Um, if you guys want to email in support at wrestletalk.com is the place to do so, uh, to, uh, have the chance of your emails being read out on the show. Uh, we've got a follow-up email here from Nishant who emailed in before pictures of puppies. Yes. If you remember, I do remember. Yep. who said, uh, dear wrestle boys and specifically the intangibles. Thank you guys so much for reading my email on the podcast. It made me pop big time. Y'all are definitely my favorite duo on the podcast. Don't tell Luke and I. Uh, I also made my mom listen to the part about Roxy, and she popped too. Apologies for not attaching more pictures. I'll try to add more in this one. There's more Tempest. More uh, puppies. The puppy, the puppy you saw last week was Roxanne, the French Mastiff. By the way, if y'all want to make the intangibles uh, sound like L.I.J., uh, I think it will have to be Los Intangibles. De Wrestle Talk is probably the best. Way to do it. That's a hmm. you know what that, that's not bad because it does give you that extra syllable. Los yeah. intangibles. Their wrestle talk. It's still not the same amount of syllables, but it does sound better. I'll give you that. It's getting closer. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh that's all for today. Thanks for the consistently consistent content. Stay safe and lots of love. Nishant. And also thank you for providing me a way to phonetically pronounce your name so I didn't mess it up. Uh right, Tempest. I'm gonna share oh, the screen boy. with you. No one else yes. is gonna get to see this, but it's uh, puppies. Ah. Oh my good! Look at their little faces. Ah. Oh, that one's yawning. Oh god, it's the best. Look at him. God. He's so sleepy. Look at the brown one's eyes. I like know. Crystal blue. I know. God, oh. it's the best. Duh. Ooh, that one's artsy. Very artsy. I say, black and I white. say it's artsy. It's just black and white. <laughs> it's black and white. Then, therefore, <laughs> artsy. Yeah. Uh, oh man. Thank you so much, Nishan. It's made my day oh. once again. It's the best. Um, right, let's get into another email because otherwise I'll get caught up on that for ages. Uh, we've got some about NXT, which we'll get to another time. Uh, we've got one here from Juan Gabriel, who always emails in, say the LAW is over with the crowd, boys. Uh, gentlemen, it's great to email you guys every week. Makes my day to know I'm the best emailer in the world. I didn't say that. You said that. Um, <laughs> anyways, the topic of this email is to determine who should dethrone Roman. 
I think it should be Cesaro. Roman is a fantastic champion and carries the main event. He's brought back the main event aura to SmackDown again. Throughout all of this, I was thinking that Cesaro should be the one to take the Blue Universal Championship from Roman. Cesaro has it all, except for Roman's, but that's where Brian steps in. Brian should be Cesaro's advocate. Uh, and have Cesaro bring to life every promo that Brian speaks. It's a perfect matchup. Maybe have an open challenge every once in a while so Cesaro can put over the challenger, but still have him win every defense until he feels like he would give someone another chance. For example, let's say that Chad Gable answers his challenge and Gable knocks it out of the park in the match. Then Cesaro thinks that Gable deserves another match, but at a pay-per-view. Puts over the challenger, the belt, and Cesaro. What are your thoughts? Your email chief and head of the emails, Juan Gabriel. Also worth noting that this email was sent three days ago before SmackDown happened. So there you go. Um, I think Tempest might be frozen. So I'm going to just uh, I'm just going to say my thoughts on this, uh, where I think that I also believe it probably should be. I'd be OK with either Cesaro or Big E dethroning um, dethroning Roman, whereas I don't I don't think it should be Cesaro. Uh, surely, because it looks like we're probably going to be going in. We've got double Tempest again, everyone. We've got double Tempest. It's happened again. It's the best. <sighs> I don't understand why this keeps happening. I'd rather it happen now than during the live portion of the show. Mm-hmm. That's but true. That's for true. God's sake, I never had problems with streaming on my internet for like a year. I've been doing mm-hmm. Quizzle Media since August. <sighs> yeah, let's talk about Roman Reigns and Cesaro and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you get the gist of the email? Did you get? All oh, I got the whole email. I got the oh, whole great. email. Yeah. Great. Um, um, so yeah, I, I think that I'd be happy with either Cesaro or Big E uh, dethroning mm-hmm. him. Whereas, but it looks like they're going to be doing Cesaro at Backlash. And if they are, then I don't think Cesaro should win there. Maybe. I don't It yeah. feels like Roman's going to the next arc of the character now. So it feels a bit premature for him to now actually lose the belt. Whereas before, like, it's literally just a change in theme. But it feels like it's the next step in the Roman yep. saga um whereas yeah i think it would be a bit premature for him to drop it now now that he's had the rebrand and all that yeah i mean i would really love to see cesaro hold a world title and everything Mm -hmm. i just don't think now is like the perfect time just because roman is so good i think it's a a situation where i know there was another example of this but i can't quite put my finger on what exactly it was where right now Roman Reigns is just the best guy to hold the title and the Mm -hmm. guy who should dethrone him isn't like, he's not there yet. Mm -hmm. You know, like it hasn't been presented yet as this is the person who should dethrone Roman. It'll be a situation where someone will get over and that person will, will emerge months down the line. Cause Mm -hmm. honestly, right now I'm totally down with like Roman holding this belt for like another year. Just hold it until like next year's WrestleMania. Like Mm -hmm. it's so clearly to me right now, like Roman Reigns is number one and then you've got like 50 feet and then there's number two in the company. And I just don't think you should be taking the belt off of him like anytime soon. I would have him hold the belt for two more years. Have him break Bruno's record. Just hold the belt forever. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be insane. Um, Thank you for that email, Juan. We've got one here from Eli. Uh, that says, hey, LIW, I'm trying to become a more consistent emailer because I really like uh, talking to you guys and don't always get the chance live like on Quizzlemania. Hopefully this subject uh, can get me to correspond more often. Pokemon. So 
rapid fire. First, I agree that Black and White didn't have the best starters, but a lot of their other Pokemon were awesome. I really like Reuniclus and the Musketeer Pokemon. Cobalion is my favorite. So both of you, what's your favorite Pokemon and what is their intangible? Example, Gengar. Intangible is intangible because it's a ghost. I want to I want to start by saying um, you said like, here's an email from Eli. And I was mm-hmm. like, Cottonwood? No, I've I've made that joke already. <laughs> <laughs> like as soon as we finish the podcast, I like delete everything from my memory mm-hmm. just to go again next week. Yeah, <laughs> but I did stop myself. Uh, but what's Amazing. your favorite Pokemon, Pete? Uh, it has changed a fair amount. Ooh. Uh over over the years um i'm torn i'm still very tempted to say agron agron's still a beast i love him so much he's the best and it was i think it was a playthrough i did of emerald and he was just the absolute mvp and just carried everything through the whole thing it was awesome love agron um other end of the scale in terms of the type of pokemon stuffle love stuffle so cute good god that thing yeah. that thing's cry you hear that you just go mm, <laughs> i want to i want to cry it's incredibly cute so possibly stuffle possibly Agron. i've got a similar thing where i've got mm-hmm. like this is this is my cute pokemon this is uh-huh. like my my big strong tough pokemon is my sure. big strong tough pokemon is tyranitar i love t he's great oh, yeah so good it's been my favorite probably since like uh since like the fourth pokemon movie the one with mm-hmm. celebi um like really cool really like tyranitar i've it's really hard to like catch one and use one in games just because like larvitar is yeah. not found until the end of the game mm-hmm. but any t- any chance that i get to use a larvitar i will take it on the other end of the spectrum i really really love fanpy fanpy's great yeah fanpy is my cute favorite pokemon Mm-hmm. and yeah. it's it's intangible is just being too goddamn cute <laughs> that was mine for stuffle that's oh, that's too bad okay. that's too bad it, it it's it's a little tire that's a an elephant and i love it yeah i don't I care really about like... don fan as much i, I like but... don fan don fan's really cool like i like don fan but yeah. like if i had a fan pee like in real life i'd be like yeah here's an everstone just like don't, don't oh yeah yeah stay yeah, cute no keep you as is uh intangibles for agron super cool intangible for stuffle uh, uh, cute cuddly <laughs> it's a toy um it's also got a, a few other quick fire questions in quotation marks uh tempest what starter will you choose in the Sinnoh remakes in the Sinnoh remakes uh mm-hmm. probably chimchar good choice yeah the correct choice some might say in fairness gen 4 starters are probably one of the strongest batches of stars i think it's a good batch i yeah I, this is probably just because like i had a really bad team when i played through pearl the first time because mm-hmm. the first time i played through pearl i picked piplup and i mm-hmm. couldn't make it to the end of the game like i was just like i'm just struggling and not having a great time so then in my mm-hmm. mind after that piplup sucked you know (laughs) and i really like the design and everything of empoleon but i I don't think i've picked piplup since then and also like water types are my favorite anyway so i don't Mm -hmm. usually pick the water starter because i want to then go and find a different water type to use in the game so that makes a lot of sense yeah um chopper have you ever played in a draft league would you play in one like on showdown maybe with some of the swaf nation <laughs> yeah uh i used to have a youtube channel 
uh, that I did Pokemon content. That was how I, I started doing content creation was a Pokemon YouTube channel. And playing in draft leagues was basically the bulk of the uploads that I did on that channel. I used to run a draft league. I'm friends with the guy that created Pokemon draft league. Yeah. Dr- yeah. Draft. <laughs> yeah. I love draft leagues. They're great. I haven't played in them in forever. I've stopped playing competitive entirely at this point, but um, at one point they were my entire life. It was a good time. Um, my I had my team, which I was very proud of, uh, because basically whenever we make a, a, a team name in draft league, you have to do a pun, a Pokemon pun based off a real sports team. Uh, mm. My pun was off the Queens Park Rangers, which is a football team in in England uh, near the Queens Park Rangers. It's, oh, it's very great. good. Yep. It's, it's great, love it. Um, so yeah, I, I, I was very proud of that. I was never very good uh, at, at draft league, but I will maintain that playing draft league in Pokemon is the best way to play competitive Pokemon ladder is kind of ass and i will maintain that till the day i die um but i've not played competitive since like sun and moon maybe ultra sun ultra moon at the very very end of ultra sun ultra moon uh like that that would like just as ultra sun ultra moon came out i think was probably the last time i played competitive and then and then i just stopped after that and like i played pokemon sword once i did one playthrough of pokemon sword and i was like that's a good game I don't want to play it again, but it was fun while I did it. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And that's been my, my Pokemon experience since then. So, uh, no, I would not play it in it again, um, but it was very fun while I did. Uh, thanks for indulging my random excitement. I haven't been able to talk Pokemon in a while. Hope all is well. Sent from my iPhone. Thanks, Eli. Um, <laughs> uh, thank you for the email. Uh, yes, please do feel free to email more about Pokemon because Pokemon was my entire life from about when I was five until 23 or so. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, ha- I have yeah. thoughts and feelings. As as do I. And I quick little story about Pokemon because mm. I was I was on like a voice call with a couple of my a couple of my buddies uh, this week and one of them was playing Pokemon and I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to like grab my 3DS, which has just been collecting dust, you mm-hmm. know, for a while. And I was like, I'm just going to like pop in all of the Pokemon games that I can play on this thing and just see mm-hmm. what Pokemon I had in it. Nice. I yeah. popped in my Pokemon X, I think. There were Pokemon in that game that were 18 years old. <laughs> Oh there were God. there were Pokemon in that game that could legally vote, and I was, I was wild. Like, wow, like Pokemon that I I looked at like the trainer IDs and everything, and mm-hmm. there were Pokemon in there that were from my first ever playthrough of Pokemon Sapphire when it came yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. It was, I had like my Skeptile, my Gardevoir. I think mm-hmm. I had like a Golem or something like that, and I was just like, wow. How much time and energy is put into like all the Pokemon that are in this box? Like hundreds and hundreds of hours. Mm-hmm. I was just like, whoa, yeah. crazy. Yeah. Goodness me. Yeah. Um, I I found because uh, recently I was living with my parents until uh, not that long ago, about a month ago at this point, uh, temporarily. And uh, <laughs> there were some uh, childhood photos that were brought out while I was while I was there. And one of them that I distinctly remember, I, I have this memory in my lodged in my head, so it was cool to see a photo of it to be like, oh yeah, that did actually happen. I'm not just making up this memory. Uh, was we were on a family holiday, me and my two brothers. We went to America. We were in um, Florida, and uh, we were sitting there at like five in the morning. We'd got up super early, and we were all sitting in the same bed because we were all pretty young at this point. And it was me in the middle with my Game Boy, with Pokemon Red, and those two watching me play it, and it was the best. Uh, it was really cool. Uh, so then that's I saw a photo awesome. of that. I was like, "Oh, that's 
great because I I literally would have been like, yeah, about five or six at the time mm-hmm. uh, playing that. So yeah, that would have been like just as Pokemon Red had come out. Um, yeah. it was around that time. So yeah, oh man, that that got me in the feels when I saw that. So I was like, oh man, Pokemon's yeah. great. I've uh, very yeah. similar memories of the 2003 blackout that mm-hmm. uh, hit North America. Um, where the only thing that I had was I had my Game Boy, I had Pokemon Crystal, and I had like a a big long flashlight that you could like bend and put around your neck. Yes. I think it was for yes. like reading or something like that. Uh-huh. But all I remember from the 03 blackout was that I just had that thing and I was playing Pokemon Crystal. And you know that egg that you get from the couple that runs the daycare mm-hmm. and that has like a 50% chance of being shiny? It was a Magby. And I've never gotten a Magby from that egg again. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, it's crazy I, the things you remember. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, that is going to be all the time we've got for this episode of the SmackDown podcast. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. Um, next week I'm around. It's the week after I'm not. I think I'm getting my dates mixed up. That's fine. I might be here next week. I might not. I'm forgetting when I'm off. Um, but regardless, we, I, I'm <laughs> not off, I don't think, next week. Um, but regardless, uh, thanks, guys, for listening. Stay tuned for loads more content coming soon. Uh, Take care of each other. Stay safe. We love you. Goodbye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.